I'm a talkative person because I'm an SE dom. It's like my only world is the physical. My words are the only means of me getting out my meaning and intention. We'll see if I eat those words. She'll be entertaining others all the time. This is exactly where I wanted to go with it. <laughs> Do I not dare to this bump on a podcast with people can hear me. You guys ready to go? Yeah, Kate. What's up, everyone, and welcome to the Literally No Subtext podcast, Music Edition. If you're here, it's likely because you've jumped on over from the YouTube video that I made called 16 Personalities as 16 Songs. Had great fun making the video. And you're after some more juicy musical type analysis, which, look, I don't blame you. Now, in this episode, I'll be talking about the same 16 songs that I've chosen to represent each of the 16 types. Same as the songs I talked about in the video, just with a bit more depth or nuance, as I like to call it, into why I chose each of the songs for each of the types. I'll also be naming my honorable mentions, that is the songs that I almost chose for each of the types. And just a heads up, I will be repeating some of what was said in the video, not because I think you didn't understand it the first time, but just because I'd like all the analyses to have some integrity, I guess, and to each make sense as a cohesive whole, rather than bits here and there. If this is the first you're hearing of this, first of all, why are you here? No, I'm kidding. I'd recommend listening to the playlist first of all the songs that I've chosen. That is linked in the show notes of this episode. And as you're listening, try and guess which song fits which type yourself before watching either the YouTube video or listening to this podcast episode. Or, you know... Do it however you want to do it. That's fine too. Just a note again, I wish I could play the songs for you in this episode, but I can't because of copyright reasons. And with that being said, let's jump in. So first of all, I'd just like to restate how excited I am about this project and how excited I am about music in general. And I've wanted to do this for so long, but I've just been spending months collecting the best songs that I think fit each of the types. And I kind of like overthought it and I ended up being like, just publish what you've got, Kristen. There'll always be better songs coming out. Yeah, music is super close to my heart. Music is everything to me. I'm listening to it at least 80% of all of my days. That's probably not accurate. I don't know where I got that percentage, but the point is I love music. Now that that is out of the way, let's start with our first type, being the ENTJ. Now, the song that I chose for ENTJ is Some Nights by Fun. Now, as I said in the video, this is a song that incorporates a number of different meanings, which is half of the reason why I chose it for the ENTJ. So I've sat and listened to it so many times, and what I could extrapolate from the lyrics is that it's about, first of all, finding the greater transcendental meaning of life, second of all, getting weighed down by the mundanity of existence, and third, pushing against the general apathy and indifference of individuals in order to do something important with one's life. The general vibe that the song creates, taking into account the music, the rhythm, multiple layers of voices, instruments, and just overall feeling, has a very T.E. go-getter vibe to it in that it's fast-paced, there's a lot going on, there's a powerful drum beat to it, and there are just multiple voices. Now, the N.I. or introverted intuition comes out mostly in the lyrics. The singer is singing about what even is the meaning of life. Specifically, he's battling the desire to go against the grain in order to discover a certain truths to hold on to and ultimately who he is deep down. Relatable, right? So we can see this in the questions he continually asks himself, such as, who am I? I'm still not sure what I stand for. That's not a question, but you get the point. What do I stand for? To me, this represents the ENTJ's need to have meaning behind their actions and meaning behind everything they come across pretty much in life. And you can see that in how many times he refers to his family. But with that inferior F.I., the ENTJ's sense of personal identity can oftentimes be quite vague, 
blurred or at times completely muted by their TE, which is running the show and not leaving room for the ENTJ to just sort of sit down and get in touch with their interior life. By the way, of course, we are speaking generally in this podcast, if that wasn't clear. Now, the entire first verse is also a great example of this constant search for both meaning and simultaneously individuality. So this is it, boys. This is war. What are we waiting for? Why don't we break the rules already? I was never one to believe the hype, save that for the black and white, try twice as hard and I'm half as liked, but here they come again to jack my style. That's all right. I found a martyr in my bed tonight. Stops my bones from wondering just who I am, who I am, who am I? So aside from the fact that the TEFI axis is obvious throughout those lyrics in how clearly separate he places himself from the tribe. I'm going to draw attention to some key lyrics there. Notably, I was never one to believe the hype, save that for the black and white. In here, there's this idea of not being scared to break the rules, not falling prey to the authorities' attempts to blind them to truth, and that NI idea of everything being nuanced rather than simply black and white, which we love. I also love the lyrics, that's all right, I found a martyr in my bed tonight, stops my bones from wondering just who I am. There's this idea of ENTJs not being scared to fight or die for things that they believe, and that when the day-to-day mundanity of life and pressures of society get in the way of the ENTJ vision, there's the martyrs to remind them of the bigger picture that they're fighting towards. Obviously, I'm not saying that other people can't have principles that they want to fight for, but we're speaking generally here. Keeping in mind that the cognitive functions stipulate areas which certain types are naturally paying attention to. We obviously can all focus on our principles and fight for what's right, but an ENTJ will naturally be paying attention to those things. More so than your average Joe. Just on the martyr thing, I noticed that there's a pinch of religious allegory used in this song. So not just in the martyr reference, but there's also Lord, I'm still not sure what I stand for. I sold my soul for this and I still see your ghost. The reference to the spiritual plane of existence to me is a nod to NI and how it pays attention to abstract implications of everything. There's attention that they're paying to a transcendental reality, whether it be through a spiritual lens or just underlying patterns and subtext that can't be seen to the naked eye is something the ENTJ just cannot switch off just naturally. That's why the familial, spiritual, and emotional links are constantly referenced in this song. They are always present for the ENTJ. The second verse has some interesting points. He sings, Some nights I wish that this all would end, because I could use some friends for a change, which to me is, again, telling of the TE preference rather than an FE preference, as he's very clearly isolated himself, in a sense, from others or his friends to fight for whatever it is that he's trying to fight for. This is also clear in some nights I'm scared you'll forget me again, but some nights I always win. So clearly, I mean, it does really suck that he's lost people and he does feel that in a heavy way on some nights, but ultimately there's something more important. After the bridge, there's this poignant moment where the music lulls and he stops singing and he starts speaking instead. So he asks a bunch of questions and makes some statements that reflect that he's now hit a moment of feeling numb in that he's wondering whether life actually just means nothing and whether it is ultimately an anticlimax. So he says, so this is it. I sold my soul for this, washed my hands of that for this. I miss my mum and dad for this. No, when I see stars, when I see stars, that's all they are. When I hear songs, they sound like a swan. So as opposed to those nights where he sees greater meaning, he's hit a low now where on this night, he just sees stars as being nothing more than just stars and hears songs as if they are swans, which... I mean, that's kind of vague and abstract, classic, but I took it to mean that when he hears songs on these nights, they are incomprehensible and unremarkable to him. 
on these low nights. Then a moment later, he is suddenly inspired again. The tempo picks up as he sings about getting a move on with his life because he refuses to be squashed by the world. So five minutes in and I'm bored again. 10 years of this, I'm not sure that anybody understands. This one is not for the folks at home. Sorry to leave mum, I had to go. Who the F wants to die alone or dried up in the desert sun? Then there's this beautiful moment where the music softens again and he articulates an NI abstract pattern that he's created based on some SE data that was important to him, being his nephew's eyes. And he sings, my heart is breaking for my sister and the con that she called love. And then I look into my nephew's eyes Man, you wouldn't believe the most amazing things that can come from some terrible lies. And the word lies hits. It's got to be one of my favorite notes of all time, which is this multifaceted, clearly auto-tuned extended note that no human being is capable of singing without auto-tune. Every time I listen to this song, if I'm singing it with someone, I challenge them to sing this note with me and it always makes for a laugh. I read while doing research on this song that many believe that note is his snarky remark about how fake the music industry can be. And a lot of people believe that this is actually what the song is actually about. And I love that it's just so open to interpretation this song in general. And so this lyric is quite a positive end to the song and the song builds from there as the artist continues on his journey towards truth, personal fulfillment and self-discovery. And I just love how the song goes out. It's like so weirdly like let's march guys to the hills of Camelot. What, Kristen? The title of the song, Some Nights, seems to be a reference to the sudden transitions made between his moods and the nature of his reflections in the song. Some nights he feels motivated and invincible to the world, other nights he feels defeated and apathetic. Now, the band Fun has confirmed that this song is about, quote, being an underdog and trying to figure out where you fall into that situation. And that the lyric is specifically about just being someone different on any given night. So the singer and lyricist Nate Roos mentioned that when he sat down to write the song, he told himself, quote, this will be the best song you've ever written and was then like, all right, I guess I kind of have to challenge myself. Overall, I think this one is a great one for conveying the complexity of the ENTJ. The honorable mention for the ENTJ song was The Living Years by Mike and the Mechanics. All right, moving on to ENTP. The song that I chose for ENTP is Little Dark Age by MGMT. The reason I chose this song for ENTPs is that it's a song that deals with and alludes to dark themes such as death, disillusionment with humanity, but it does so with a tone of sort of triviality, inconclusiveness, therefore embodying the ENTP meme mentality of nothing in life matters so we might as well just enjoy it. In regards to the lyrics, they're so abstract that they mostly just don't make sense to me. I've had to do multiple listens of the song in order to vaguely understand what's being sung about, which isn't helped by the absolutely banging beat that is just really distracting and makes me dance every time without fail instead of focusing on what the lyrics are saying. This random sporadic tossing around of ideas is characteristic of the ENTP's dominant function, NE or extroverted intuition, which tends to discuss concepts through abstract ideas and images. Like just listen to how abstract these lyrics are. So the first verse lyrics are, breathing in the dark, lying on its side, the ruins of the day painted with a scar. And the more I straighten out, the less it wants to try, the feelings start to rot one wink at a time. And the second verse lyrics are, Picking through the cards, knowing what's nearby, the carvings on the face say they find it hard, and the engines failed again, all limits of disguise, the humour's not the same, coming from denial. So there are these sort of unclear, disjointed ideas that just fall short of saying anything clearly. 
There's also this nihilistic tone to the song, but it's hidden beneath a beat that is so catchy, as I said, that you don't even notice it. Kind of like you sometimes don't even notice ENTP's cynicism behind their sarcasm, hilarity, witty jokes, and oftentimes fun-loving sort of enthusiasm for ideas. So some lyrics that contain this dark undertone are, for giving who you are, for what you stand to gain, just know that if you hide, it doesn't go away. And if I get out of bed, you'll see me standing all alone, horrified on the stage, my little dark age. This is further aided by the monotone of the vocals, which I think adds an awesome layer to it. But again, alongside the casual nihilism, the tone is sarcastic and dripping with irony in lines such as, policemen swear to God, love seeping from their guns. And of course, the attitude that nothing means anything in the lyrics, giddy with delight, seeing what's to come, the image of the dead, dead ends in my mind. Again, serious issues being made light of. But we know that the ENTPs in making light of such things don't actually do so because they think they aren't serious per se, but perhaps more that there's nothing to be done about them and of course the world is going to be corrupted and fall apart. That was always inevitable, which is something they've probably been able to see for a long time. Again, that lack of attachment to the any possibilities that they are always able to see. There are lyrics in the song that allude to the idea of rebellion, such as, If you get out of bed, come find us heading for the bridge, bring a stone, all the rage, my little dark age. But again, this is vague, and though the idea is important, it doesn't really lead anywhere in the song. There are a whole bunch of interpretations on the internet about what this song actually means, which I thought was on the nose for the ENTP, because we all know that when listening to ENTPs talk about the world, we never really know what they mean think or truly believe. The title of the song as well is not Dark Age, but Little Dark Age, which ironically and probably intentionally undersells the severity of all of the themes that are discussed in the song. Again, plugging this message that none of it ultimately matters and that we therefore should not take life too seriously. <laughs> and my favorite detail that confirms this is the consistently catchy beat. Like I'm saying this for the third time because it's true that is even elongated at the end of the song for an extra four bars, which honestly makes you forget that the guy has just been singing about nihilism and makes you just want to dance, which is a mentality I can get behind if I'm honest. <laughs> now in researching different interpretations of this song, there is so much speculation as to what it's actually about, but almost everyone agrees that it's about some kind of apocalyptic doom. The band themselves have said very little about the meaning of it. At least I couldn't find anything that they've said, but in the music video, which is just very weird. People are being stalked by the figure of death, so go figure. Honorable mentions for the ENTP song were Intermission by Scissor Sisters, Skin and Bones by Motion City Soundtrack, and A Day in the Life by The Beatles, which is one of my favorite Beatles songs. Next, we have ESTP, and the song that I chose is It Don't Move Me by Peter, Bjorn, and John. I love this song choice for ESTP because it is essentially about accepting reality for what it is and not grieving over the past because it doesn't make sense to grieve over the past, which I thought was a great reflection of the SETI dominant functions of an ESTP. To be specific, the song is about a man who has just been through a breakup and he doesn't feel anything for the relationship or the person anymore because the relationship is done and therefore there is no point in thinking about it anymore. I know, as an F, I'm like, what? How could you not have been forever changed by any person that is even remotely significant in your life. The vibe of the song is upbeat, which definitely suits the idea of moving on that the singer is speaking of. And the instruments are more technical than say, sad, emotional piano music. And this lack of emotion in both the music and lyrics is quite fitting for the title, It Don't Move Me. The singer starts by singing, please put Chastity's books and magazines away because they don't move me no more. Forget photos and letters, all the people that mattered, they don't move me no more. You don't move me no more and you're no longer mine. 
Now, I'm not saying that ESTPs aren't moved by anything, just that their SETI preferences mean that they are super present focused and are therefore unlikely to dwell on things that aren't present realities, keeping in mind reality to them is sense data. This is even more clear in verse two, where he sings, all these things we keep without caring too deep, gonna put it to sleep. I can run much faster when nothing weighs me down. This idea of feeling nothing for sentimental items is honestly so relatable to me. As you guys know, I'm a dominant SE user as well, and I have shockingly little care for holding onto physical things from my past. I will feel attached to memories and implications, but in terms of actual physical things, I find it quite easy to delete photos or throw away things. Though I have held onto some of them out of, I guess, a feeling of obligation, but if I'm honest, I do relate to this idea of running faster when nothing weighs me down, though of course he's probably singing about it in a more blunt way than I would. Then he goes on to sing, you can't change what's been before, it's erased and you can't restore. Let the screen fade black, go, go, I don't want it back. Which again, illustrates this idea of moving on quite effortlessly because the past is the past and the only way forward is forward. The way he phrases his lyrics and the title, It Don't Move Me as well, were also a good nod to the ESTP's trickster FI, which basically makes them one of the types least likely to make decisions based on and even be aware of their personal emotions. One of the band members, Bjorn Littling, in an interview confirmed that this song is about questioning all those material things that mean a lot to you in a certain part of your life, but then mean nothing in the next. He then added that the song also deals with those small things you do with someone who you love, that when love ends, stop feeling the same and turn into something different. And I think this is probably something that every human relates to. Again, it's just a really good song, really well written, good beat, relatable. I tossed up whether to choose the original version of this song or the popular remix by Mike Snow, that's Mike with two eyes, because it is honestly one of the best remixes I've heard. So I highly recommend that you listen to that version. And if you do, listen until the end, trust me, because there's a dance break that will make literally any person want to dance. And yes, that is a challenge. So that's Mike Snow, M-I-I-K-E, Snow. Honorable mentions for the ESTP were Tub Thumping by Chumbawamba, which is that song that goes, I get knocked down and I get up again. Sorry, ESTPs. For our ISTP, I chose I Will Possess Your Heart by Death Cab for Cutie. And this is one of the choices with which I am the happiest because it's kind of controversial in that it's just not really an ISTP sort of lyric, but I find that it's just so fitting in so many ways. That being said, as I mentioned in the video, it's not a 100% match, but I was so attached to it that I kept it. Classic NI. So not only does this song have a really catchy and smooth bassline, which I've associated with the calm and cool exterior of the ISTPs, stereotypically, but this song has an instrumental introduction of four and a half minutes, four and a half minutes before it gets to the lyrics, meaning that this song is half instrumental and half lyrics, and it's an eight minute song. Now, I'll get into the band's actual intention with this in a moment, but I felt like this was perfect because ISTPs are stereotypically known for not saying much, which to me is reflected in the lack of lyrics for the first half of the song. But the truth is that when you spend some time with them and really get to know them, ISTPs can be very sweet, genuine people. I mean, anyone can. We know that all people can be sweet and genuine, but this is unheard of for ISTPs. Jokes, of course. I need to stop making jokes about them, but I never will. This brings me to the main message of the song, which is a refrain that is constantly repeated, saying, you gotta spend some time, love. You gotta spend some time with me, and I know that you'll find love. I will possess your heart. Very simple, straightforward lyrics that really articulate the truths that ISTPs are so much more than what they seem and that getting to know them is almost always going to bring a pleasant surprise with it. Now, 
please ignore the lyrics, you reject my advances and desperate pleas, because desperate is just not really a word that I would ever associate with ISTPs. And also the very first lyric, how I wish you could see the potential of you and me, whilst not entirely inaccurate per se, when just talking about being human and imagining potential possibilities, which I think everyone does to some extent. This lyric is kind of not very ISTP-esque because they tend to be more concerned with what is actually taking place in reality, being sensed out of reality, rather than what could be, especially with their trickster NE. Also, ISTPs with their inferior FE are probably not going to be thinking in relationship terms most of the time. So rather than imagining an ISTP actually singing these lyrics, we'll say that this song reflects more the experience of getting to know an ISTP, which will help you to forgive me for some of the borderline stalker vibes that this song gives off. And when you look at it this way, even those first lyrics really work with the lyrics that follow them, which are, how I wish you could see the potential, the potential of you and me. It's like a book elegantly bound, but in a language that you can't read just yet. I especially love the lyrics in a language that you can't read just yet. I know for myself personally, I found people of the ISTP personality type some of the hardest people to read, and even the ones I know quite well still surprise me, and I still can't read them sometimes, but I really want to. So the idea that they are a book elegantly bound in a language that I can't read just yet brings hope for me. I also like that the four minute instrumental at the beginning also reflects this slow getting to know you process of a friendship with an ISTP in that it just keeps building and getting more intense. Now, Ben Gibbard from Death Cab has admitted that this song is actually about a stalker and is quote unquote, really dark, which is reflected in the intentionally creepy piano chords and repetitive bass line. But you know what? Art is open to interpretation and we've reinterpreted it today to bring more depth to the ISTPs than you ever knew was possible. Just kidding, obviously there's depth to ISTPs, guys. I'm not endorsing that stereotype. There's depth to all of you. So my intention in fitting this song to the ISTP personality was to convey the idea of spending time with someone to get to know who they really are, which I think really fits the ISTP because they are the opposite of externally readable, I guess, but doesn't mean that they lack depth. This song is also just a pleasure to listen to and has some really awesome musical moments. Also, fun fact, one thing I love about this song is that it was actually recorded live to analog tape with all four band members playing at once and very few overdubs. So as a result, all of the band members actually really love it. And I think that you'll love it too. The honorable mention for the ISTP song was Moving Out by Billy Joel. Anthony works in a grocery store. I'm not gonna sing again, don't worry. Next we have INTP. The song that I chose for INTP was Grunlandic Edit by Of Montreal. This is a song that is in essence about a man's struggle to believe in God when really he can see no proof that God exists. So he sings about wishing that, like people who make the decision to believe in God based on emotional factors, he could simply just give his heart to a God and ignore the fact that, quote unquote, all the beauty is actually wasted. Now, as a Christian myself, I will give the disclaimers that first of all, I do not like a lot of these lyrics. And second of all, I do believe that faith and reason actually go hand in hand. But I think that these lyrics are a good example of the T-I-N-E dominant cognitive functions of the INTP. That's obviously not to say that INTPs can't believe in God, but I imagine that running with T-I means that it would be very hard for them to submit to a belief in something when their personal logical frameworks indicate otherwise, especially if logically they have come to the conclusion that it doesn't make sense to believe in God. The very first lyrics of the song are nihilists with good imaginations, 
which says it all really. Now it's a very catchy song and there's a consistent beat that continues throughout, save for the second chorus in which there is a truly awesome musical moment for which it is worth listening to this song alone. The tone with which the lead vocalist Kevin Barnes sings gives a feeling of laziness and apathy which matches the lyrics of the first verse which are, I am satisfied hiding in our friend's apartment, only leaving once a day to buy some groceries. Daylight, I'm so absent-minded. Nighttime, meeting new anxieties. So, am I erasing myself? Hope I'm not erasing myself. I think these lyrics are a good insight into the intuitive mind of INTPs. They're not paying attention to the sensory world primarily, but more so to metaphysical thoughts that can lead them to existential crises amidst the backdrop of our current society. In the chorus, he then sings, I guess it would be nice to give my heart to a god, but which one should I choose? Before calling churchgoers psycho and confused, and finishing up with, I just want to hold the divine in mind and forget that all the beauty is wasted. The irony being that with his multi-layered, beautiful vocal canons, he's actually creating quite a genuinely lovely listening experience that I'm sure has brought a lot of release for people. This highlights the TI tendency to focus on the rational rather than the emotional. Emotions aren't as real to him as the logical rules that are true in his mind, and this is why he can't ignore what he perceives to be the logical inconsistencies in faith. It can't be easy for TI users, TI doms especially, to submit to something that doesn't make logical sense in their minds, according to them. Again, with that subjective logical framework. The singer even makes excuses for how faith is able to exist by providing a psychological explanation for it. So he says, I guess it would be nice to help in your escape from patterns your parents designed. Again, that TI needing to find a rational explanation for everything. Of course, I as a Christian would say that faith and science are compatible, but I know that for everyone, it's a different journey when it comes to submitting to that leap of faith that's required to believe. I love how I can't resist giving in my FI disclaimers, or like what I believe. At the end of the final chorus, he comments on how inauthentic it is to even have fun when the greater nihilistic truth is staring him in the face. So he sings, all the party people dancing for the indie star, but he's the worst faker by far. In the set, I forget that all the beauty's wasted. Of Montreal is an indie pop band, so obviously he's singing about himself here in this line, basically implying that he's a faker for pretending everything's fine on stage, but at the same time, he can't resist because when he's on stage, he forgets that all the beauty is wasted. Again, the irony, in my opinion, being that playing music for people who enjoy it is far from a waste of beauty. In fact, one might argue that the transience of some art actually makes it more beautiful. But I'm not here to provide a discourse on that, so let's push on. The song ends by repeating, show me that things can be nice and you've got my back because I don't want to panic, which I kind of like because it shows that he is leaning on others to help him get through his inner turmoil, therefore demonstrating the importance of relationships and providing a little nod to that inferior FE of the INTP. The title Gronlandic edit is named after a time in the lead singer's life where he was in a bit of a dark age, we'll call it, to keep it topical living in Gronland, which is an area in Oslo, Norway. He says he went through an existential crisis and this song came out of it. He has actually commented quite extensively on the song, so if you're interested, have a Google. Overall, I'll say that I don't think all INTPs are nihilists, nor atheists. I just think that this is a good example of where the T-I-N-E can go when it spirals. The song is actually really very good classically. I didn't even know what I was singing the first few times I sung along to it, which I guess is what he was going for. The INTP honourable mentions are Season 2, Episode 3 by Glass Animals, Smells Like Teen Spirit by Nirvana, and I'm sorry that both of those songs are so depressing. Next is INTJ, and the song that I chose is Where Evil Grows by The Poppy Family. 
And no, in my choice of this song, I am not trying to say that INTJs are evil. Rather, I want you to imagine that the lyrics are from the perspective of the INTJ. This song is basically a commentary on the nature of evil. At first, it feels a bit ick to listen to, but when you really listen to the lyrics, it is actually fooled with truth after truth about the nature of evil. So, evil grows in the dark, where the sun it never shines, evil grows in cracks and holes, and lives in people's minds. What I'm getting at here is the INTJ's ability to intuit abstract patterns in others, which are based more on intuitive feelings or senses that are going on behind the surface than logically provable facts, such as would be valued by an INTP. Evil would certainly fit into this category of abstract patterns behind the surface, and in this particular circumstance, the singer is singing of this intuitive sense that they have about evil, which is incredibly real to them, as a lot of their intuitive feelings are. This isn't to say that INTJs love evil or anything. Obviously, evil is bad. I mean, I'm sure some people love evil, but I digress. But it's a very real thing to them. And I personally love all the shading that's provided about the nature of it. So not only the fact that it grows in the dark, but that it grows subtly and is incredibly powerful, especially amongst the naive. The singer notes how the pull of evil was alluring to them in, I should have steered away from you. My friend told me to keep clear of you, but something drew me near to you. I never knew where evil grew, which is a line that is repeated throughout the song. I especially appreciate the second half of the chorus, which goes, Evil grew, it's part of you, and now it seems to be that every time I look at you, evil grows in me. As the old saying goes, the greatest trick the devil ever pulled was convincing the world he didn't exist. I love this song because it acknowledges the reality that evil does exist and that it will get you when you were least expecting it. And what I mean by get you is that we are all susceptible to being corrupted by evil. Make no mistake. But I'm not going to go on a tangent about evil now. The point is that it really paints a picture of the kinds of things that INTJs are paying attention to. They are tuned into those abstract patterns and intuitive feelings that they can just sense around them. And I haven't even touched on the vibe of the song yet. This song will almost certainly also make you want to dance. And I'm not even saying that as an ESFP, though admittedly I am an ESFP saying it. Now, the Poppy Family, which is the band behind it, released this song in the 70s, and the lyrics were inspired by lead singer Terry Jax's environmental activism. I actually first heard the song in a scene from the live-action movie of Sonic the Hedgehog, where Jim Carrey performs an incredible evil mastermind dance slash movement sequence to it. So Google Jim Carrey Where Evil Grows if you're interested in having a good time. The honourable mentions for the INTJ song were, of course, Uprising by Muse, which probably would have taken the cake if it wasn't so obvious, to be honest. A banger and just so fitting. And 2 plus 2 equals 5 by Radiohead. And yes, that is a 1984 reference. Next, we have ESTJ. And the song that I chose is Pressure by Billy Joel, which is a song that is sung entirely in the second person, essentially directed at a person who is struggling to cope with the pressures of life. But for our ESTJ purposes today, we will be interpreting the lyrics as being directed towards those people who refuse to grow up and fit nicely into their role in corporate society. I feel personally attacked. ESTJs are commonly understood for being among the types most naturally comfortable in managerial or executive roles. Their strengths play to them, and the fact that their FI function is inferior means that they can easily shut off emotions to do tasks and to let the TE take over and reign. This means that an ESTJ who is unaware of type might be puzzled as to why other people aren't able to do this in the same way, naturally. 
So this song is essentially about that. Now using TE as their first function means that the ESTJ's relationship with TE is very stable and constant. It's not sporadic and impulsive as a tertiary TE users might be. So this means that lower TE users would likely feel the stress of pressure more acutely than ESTJs who would have a much better defense against it. And this whole sentiment is articulated in the very first lyrics which go, you have to learn to pace yourself, pressure. You're just like everybody else, pressure. You've only had to run so far, so good, but you will come to a place where the only thing you feel are loaded guns in your face and you'll have to deal with pressure. Then he calls out people who do not face reality by claiming that they're suffering from Peter Pan syndrome, which is basically the refusal to grow up. And again, I feel personally attacked by this. So this is clear in the lyrics. Now here you are with your faith and your Peter Pan advice. You have no scars on your face and you cannot handle pressure. Then he goes on to say, all grown up and no place to go. What do you know? All your life is Channel 13, Sesame Street, what does it mean? There are ample references to childhood which hint at the idea that too many individuals in society are scared of facing the music of being an adult with responsibilities and bills to pay. Again, he's really just calling out all the P's in the world, really. I think a common misunderstanding between certain J-types and P-types is the outcome versus journey process. I personally live with the mentality of taking life day by day and as long as I'm thriving today, I'm thriving overall. So my general tendency is to choose the present over the future in my little daily decisions. That doesn't mean I'm irresponsible, trying to convince myself here. Like I still pay my bills, but I'm responsible in a P way, which means I'm looking out for the current things I have to be responsible for rather than the long-term outcomes because the future is fluid, guys. It can change. Who knows what the future is going to be? What's the point in spending a mental energy thinking about it in any attached sort of way? Everyone has a different way of dealing with pressure and thankfully we can say because of type understanding that different ways of dealing with pressure are fine. But in this song, there's that clear predetermined idea of what success and responsibility should look like. There's even a lyric that could be read as a snide comments to intuitives, which is, I'm sure you have some cosmic rationale. Like... Could we get more ESTJ here, guys? This song is basically stop dreaming and start doing. And the honorable mention for the ESTJ song was A Hard Day's Night by The Beatles. Yes, our second Beatles reference. Couldn't find any more for ESTJ. In fact, the STJs were the hardest songs to pin down for me. Not a lot of them, I feel. So on to our next STJ, ISTJ. Now the ISTJ song was the one that took me the longest to find. Are there even ISTJs writing songs, guys? I don't know. I wanted to pick a song that had a strong SI story, which were plenty, don't get me wrong, but to find one with a TE tone rather than an FE tone was a struggle. But I finally found one and it is Cats in the Cradle by Harry Chapin and I mispronounced his name in the video, Rip Me. The whole song is told as a story of the man's life and his relationship with his son. Contemplating the tragedy of the fact that because he was always so busy, hello TE, he missed quality time with his child and now it is too late. The whole song is focused on the past as if it is happening in the present. In fact, even though the lyrics are sectioned off into four core chapters of the boy's life, being his infanthood, childhood, teenagehood and adulthood, the singer keeps singing just the other day as if those things only happened yesterday. So this touches on both the strength and the significance of the SI story, as well as the TE feeling of time moving quickly. The TE vibe is also strong in the fact that the boy and his son keep missing each other because either one of them is just too busy to prioritize the other. The first verse goes, my child arrived just the other day. He came to the world in the usual way, but there were planes to catch and bills to pay. He learned to walk while I was away. The second verse goes, my son turned 10 just the other day. He said, thanks for the ball, dad. Come on, let's play. Can you teach me to throw? I said, not today. I got a lot to do. He said, that's okay. 
It's really hard not to sing these lyrics. Now, there are plenty more examples of T.E., especially when the son grows up and ends up being just like his dad. And we see this in, well, he came home from college just the other day. So much like a man, I just had to say, son, I'm proud of you. Can you sit for a while? He shook his head and then said with a smile, what I'd really like, dad, is to borrow the car keys. See you later. Can I have them, please? And then there's the final verse, which goes, I've long since retired. My son's moved away. I called him up just the other day. I said, I'd like to see you if you don't mind. He said, I'd love to, dad, if I can find the time. You see, my new job's a hassle and the kids have the flu, but it's sure nice talking to you, dad. It's been sure nice talking to you. The SI in this song is particularly strong in the chorus as he sings the words from children's games and nursery rhymes the cats in the cradle and the silver spoon, little boy blue and the man in the moon. This emphasizes that strong SI sentimentality that the father attaches to memories shared reading childhood stories to his boy. The whole thing is rather poignant and it's one of the most famous father-son songs out just because it hits on so many tragic truths of parenthood and adulthood and is basically a warning about putting one's career before family. Harry Chapin's wife Sandy said after he passed that Cats in the Cradle was based on a poem that Sandy actually wrote and Harry was inspired to put music to it after their son Josh was born. As I mentioned in the video, anytime I listen to the bridge intentionally, like focusing on the lyrics, I legitimately cry. Which is a me thing, by the way, not a commentary on the effect that ISTJs have on me. <laughs> and our honourable mention for the ISTJ song was Summer of 69 by Brian Adams. Alright, so we're halfway through the types and I'm going to take this opportunity to announce that if you're enjoying this MBTI music analysis, there is plenty more of it in a free book that has just been released called Music by the Innards by Restless Mosaic. In this book, Restless Mosaic does a deep dive into how cognitive functions and stacks write and appreciate lyrics and music, drawing on his own experience as a musician. And he provides examples for each function and each of the 16 personalities. So there are more songs for each type from an INTP's perspective. So if you're interested, you can find it at restlessmosaic.wordpress.com. And I will put that link in the show notes of this episode. Next, we have our INFP. And the song I chose was Atlantic by Keen. Now, in true any fashion, this song is kind of vague in what it is specifically about. But what can be said is that it's a banger. No, not just that, but. It's a picture of the sort of creative, emotionally driven internal monologues of the INFP, as if I've ever experienced those. Now, the lyrics are fantastic, but what really sold me on this song was the music and the vibe, as I very fervently expressed in the video. This song is one of a kind compared to the rest of Keane's music. In regards to the lyrics, Tom Chaplin, the lead singer, muses on the fear of dying alone by expressing the deep longings of his heart for companionship, which is clear in his repetition of the lyrics. I don't want to be old and sleep alone. An empty house is not a home. I don't want to be old and feel afraid. Now, I can't even talk more about the lyrics without switching to the music. There is so much that is spoken in this music. In fact, there are only 18 lines of lyric, but the song is four minutes. The instrumental introduction brings in sounds that are reminiscent of sort of melancholy winds. What is a melancholy wind, Kristen? But it's got this feeling like you're looking out onto the ocean and the world is yours and the possibilities are endless. But what I specifically like about this song, aside from the melancholy winds for the INFP, is that it's clearly got that N.E. imagination and feeling of anything is possible. But there's also this really somber, melancholy feeling to it. Another reason that I love this for the INFP is that there is just so much said in the music and in just such few words 
And I feel that this conveys the idea that the INFP inner world is driven by rich emotional waves, not necessarily words or coherent thoughts. And as an introvert, of course, their prominent world is their internal one. And so they don't need to speak about it for it to be real to them. So as the song goes on, the drums continue to build until about halfway through where there's a musical lull accompanied by the lyrics. And if I need anything at all, which transitions into a musical sequence that makes my soul fly. There are these majestic notes and these transcendent-esque sort of harmonies and these beautiful minor chords accompanied by lyrics that have a weird mixture of sadness and optimism about all the possibilities of the future. So those lyrics are, I need a place that's hidden in the deep where lonely angels sing you to your sleep though all the world is broken. I need a place where I can make my bed, a lover's lap where I can lay my head. Obviously, the reference to angels is quite abstract, but that, again with the beautiful music, I feel does an excellent job of conveying those transcendental emotional highs that happen with F.I. when one's soul is inspired and elevated by truth, goodness and beauty. And even more fitting than any of this is the final lyric, which is, because now the room is spinning, the day's beginning. And then the song ends. Which means that the singer, or for our purposes, the INFP, has experienced this entire rich emotional inner experience before even getting out of bed. The band themselves, Keen, has commented that each of them are really proud of the song because they each put something special into it. Apparently the song was quite average until Richard Hughes, who was on drums, randomly started playing a drumline that was half a beat behind the drums on the demo, and then apparently the song came alive after that. They've said that the drums make this song, and I agree. Oh, like, it's just so good. It's also the first track on their album, Under the Iron Sea, because they all agreed that it's a great piece of music that sets the tone for the album, which I also agree with. <laughs> I just love this song, and I love it for the INFP, and if you know what's good for you, you'll go listen to it on a hill somewhere with the sun shining on your face and the wind blowing in your hair. A melancholic wind, preferably. Honourable mentions for the INFP song were So Romantic by Stacey Kent, I Caught Fire by The Used, and Every Road by Parcels. And yes, that was The Used that you heard in there. Come on, we all love The Used. Next is ENFP and the song I chose is Half of My Heart by John Mayer. Now for the ENFP song, I did consider going with something obviously upbeat and optimistic to associate with the stereotype, but I ended up choosing a song pretty quickly that I've always felt embodies the ENFP personality. I think this song touches on the phenomenon that my ENFP sister once called the duality of selves that ENFPs tend to experience. That is, because the way they engage with ideas is metaphysical because of their NE, and because they are perpetually seeing all the possibilities, they constantly are seeing all the different versions of themselves that they could be. This means that there's this constant wrestle between who they want to be, so their ideal self, and who they actually are. So part of the lifelong ENFP journey is trying to integrate the two somehow. John Mayer in this song sings about this exact thing. He claims throughout that half of his heart is accepting of reality and that the other half always yearns for something more. Now the first lyric is already an indicator that we are off to a good start, as the song starts with, I was born in the arms of imaginary friends. He then, to further confirm that he is in fact an EP, sings, Free to roam, made a home out of everywhere I've been. Followed by, then you come crashing in like the realest thing, tried my best to understand all that your love can bring. In these lyrics, there's this idea that something undeniably real has entered John's world, but it's a risk because it could get in the way of all the things that he's still going to do or could do with his life. Then the chorus brings in this concept of the duality of the ENFP self as he sings, half of my heart's got a grip on the situation, half of my heart takes time. Half of my heart's got a right mind to tell you that I can't keep loving you with half of my heart. 
Again, this ENFP curse of, but what if there's better? There could be better. There could be this, there could be that. What would I be giving up in the future if I choose this right now? Obviously referring to subconscious thoughts there. This sentiment continues throughout the song with John Mayer's commendable awareness of this tendency of his to always desire more, even when it's not necessarily realistic. So in the bridge he sings, your faith is strong, but I can only fall short for so long. Down the road later on, you will hate that I never gave more to you than half of my heart but I can't stop loving you with half of my heart. This pretty accurately sums up something so real about FI, which is that the moment someone has made their way into your heart, they're never leaving. Even if you know you need to move on from them, the FI Dom love is deep, personal, unique, and perpetual. Of course, there'd be exceptions for this, but generally speaking, it's something that comes with feeling things really deeply and I personally really love this about using FI, but it's obviously something that FI users need to learn how to rein in or conceal or whatever is necessary in choosing to be prudent with those feelings. Then in the final chorus, the ENFP sentiments are even clearer as he sings, half of my heart's got a real good imagination. Half of my heart's got you. Half of my heart's got a right mind to tell you that half of my heart won't do. So this is a literal reference to that duality of the ENFP heart, that constant tear between what could be and what is, followed by the truth that half of my heart won't do, which is that FI telling him basically, I'm not going to settle. I know what I want and I'm going to keep chasing that horizon. And then at the end, he sings, half of my heart is a shotgun wedding to a bride with a paper ring and half of my heart is the part of a man who's never truly loved anything. Obviously, this could be interpreted in a number of ways, but the way I see it is that it's touching on that difference between that part of the ENFP that lives for people, is impulsive, loving and all or nothing, versus that other part of the ENFP that is deeply independent, ultimately detached from physical reality, and has come to accept the fact that the human experience is inevitably a lonely one. When asked about this song, John Mayer commented that it's about, quote, questions of, do I want to share my desires with someone else or do I just want to sate them myself with my laptop and my Twitter account? These are substituting relationships. Knowing that I could blog right now from my iPhone and it's up on the internet with people reading it and responding to it, how much is that a synthetic version of having dinner with somebody? How intimidating must it be to try to find an in with the man who is consistently satisfying himself by all means necessary? Where is her place in that? Unquote. This is, again, the ENFP independence that I was talking about before, as well as that never-ending thirst for satisfaction and creative expression that will just never end for ENFPs. John Mayer is just an incredibly good writer. If you want to understand ENFPs better, listen to his music. He's been making it for years, so you can really see the journey that he's been on. His writing is also really self-aware and on the nose and just really good. Bless ENFP artists. We need them. The honourable mention for the ENFP song was Head Full of Dreams by Coldplay. Next we have ISFP and the song that I chose for ISFP is I Know How I Feel by Parcels. I am so happy with this choice. Not only is Parcels one of my favourite bands of all time, but this song has always been just top tier to me. The music is an upbeat bop that's quite minimalistic and what I like about it is for the ISFP is that it feels like a driving song. The lyrics are super simple and similar to the ISTP song for the first three minutes there are just seven words repeated 14 times and those words are I know how I feel right now. Paired with the fact that this title is written in an atypical way in that it has no spaces so that the whole title is just one word, I thought that it was super fitting for the ISFP's dominant function FI, which not only knows how it feels all the time, but thrives on being individual, unique and different. 
The music also has little guitar flourishes that keep you interested throughout and it builds to two separate climaxes where the angelic harmonies, which are at this point parcel staple, seriously, incredible harmonies, take over and once again, I'm going to say this incredibly FI statement, elevate one's soul to the clouds. The fact that this song has that ISFP indie meme feel to it and also contains the repeated lyrics, I know how I feel right now, was far too perfect for me not to choose this song. Even better, after the first climax, the lyrics change from a repeated I know how I feel right now to I know how you feel right now, which further nuances FI, because dominant FI users are generally good at reading other people's feelings with a whole spectrum of nuance, especially when they know the person really well. The only lyrics that break away from the refrain of I know how I feel are a few really ambiguous lines that are, but oh, there's a place I need to go over the end of every road where I can feel it on my own. But oh, where the race is all I know, only the evening let me go where I can feel it on my own. I like that these lyrics are somewhat ambiguous because it's a nod to the fact that with dominant introverted feelers, you kind of don't really know what's ever going on with them in terms of their emotions. They're so good at processing their own stuff that they don't necessarily feel the need to bring anyone in. And so most of the time you might be able to tell what their mood is, but you wouldn't know exactly why. I do, however, think it's apt that these lyrics repeat where I can feel it on my own, which is just incredibly FI. Just FYI to all listeners, Parcels is an incredible band. They're Australian and they've got what I think is just natural talent. And this talent was actually recognized and picked up by Daft Punk, who happened to be in the audience of one of their concerts in Paris, which resulted in them collaborating with Daft Punk on their single Overnight, which was released in 2017, which did really well. So if there's one thing that you do after this podcast, listen to their entire first album, which is self-titled. It's just a blissful experience. In terms of honourable mentions, I actually originally had no honourable mentions for the ISFP song because this was one of the songs that I picked the fastest. But when I did set out to pick one, I picked one very fast, and that was Forest by Castle Coma. Spelt F-O-R-R-E-S-T by Castle Coma. That's Castle Coma, C-O-M-E-R. You won't actually find this one on Spotify, but the music video is up on all platforms, YouTube, Spotify, Apple Music, etc. So give it a listen. It's actually a really good song from another Aussie band as well. I feel like I'm calling all of these songs really good and it's kind of taking away from the power of that compliment. Classic me. All right, and now it's time to move on to ESFP. The song that I chose was The Nights by Avicii. God rest his soul. Now, guys, as I said in the video, I really wanted to be nuanced with the song that I picked for the ESFP, which meant that I wanted to stray away from your standard party songs. But after searching and searching, I couldn't find a song better than this one. And incidentally, this has been a long favorite song of mine. So I just submitted and let it happen. But the reason it is so good is that it does actually have ESFP nuance. So stick around as I prove that to you. The whole first verse of this song is literally about the idea of living your younger years in pure SE land without having formed any NI patterns. Have a listen. The lyrics go, Once upon a younger year, when all our shadows disappeared, the animals inside came out to play. Went face to face with all our fears, learned our lessons through the tears, made memories we knew would never fade. I love how well this encapsulates the utter fearlessness, brazen, gun-ho attitude that ESFPs have towards life in their youth. To nuance that, and I feel pretty okay generalizing about this, when ESFPs are in their formational adult years, running solely in those top two functions of SE and FI, they are constantly making their decisions, both micro and conscious, 
of how they interact with sense data based on the ebbs and flows of their feelings. More than that, because NI is their inferior function and a subjective slash personalized function, when they have not yet built abstract patterns based on enough gathered sense data, they are essentially blind to the abstract implications of anything. This means that you have the tendency to brazenly engage with the world physically alongside intuition blindness. So you see now why SE DOMs are typically known as being the most wild, the most crazy, the most likely to act without reserve or foresight, etc. These lyrics that I've just read are about this. Once upon a younger year where all our shadows disappeared, the animals inside came out to play. I super relate to this idea of your shadow disappearing. When I was in my early 20s, it was like I saw no darkness in the world. I had shockingly little fear when engaging with things in the sensory world. And I made so many mistakes in the process, which is literally what he goes on to say in, went face to face with all our fears, learned our lessons through the tears, made memories we knew would never fade. I also love the optimism of these lines. It's like, yes, we made mistakes, but they're done. We're better for them and we've got memories out of them. So it's a win. <laughs> this is a great combination of the NI patterns that have been collected and the chaotic way in which the sense data has been gathered in that it's done, it's in the past and it holds no real significance anymore, except for what we've learned through it. Then we go into the pre-chorus in which his father gives him some advice. He says, when you get older, your wild heart will live for younger days. And I think that this captures the perpetual youth of the ESFP heart and the free spiritedness with which they approach life, which is then even further portrayed in the chorus, which goes, he said, one day you'll leave this world behind. So live a life you will remember. My father told me when I was just a child, these are the nights that never die. This dad sounds like a pure ESFP, if I'm honest. Now, this was my exact attitude to life before I grew up and my personality became more balanced. But if I'm honest, I still deeply relate to these lyrics in my heart. And I think growing older as an ESFP is just a journey of learning how to channel that unbridled thirst for new experiences into more wholesome adventures. The lyrics, so live a life you will remember and these are the nights that never die, are pure esse in that they really just illustrate how present an esse dom is in the moment. Like to this day, if I'm having fun anywhere, whether it's night or day, that moment is the only real thing to me. So much so that it feels like it is the only thing that will be forever. I do not see an end to the moment, it just is. And it is the only thing that is. So I think that this is really well encapsulated in these are the nights that never die, even though I think he meant that, you know, you're gonna hold on to these nights forever, which is true as well. Like I definitely feel great joy thinking about those nights where I truly felt alive. Gosh, there are a few that come to mind off the top of my head right now. One was watching the fireworks over the top of the Sydney Harbour Bridge, felt so alive in that moment. Another was doing a pub crawl in Boracay, meeting so many people, going to so many different bars such a vibe. Another was this time that I met 12 complete strangers on a random beach in the outskirts of Seoul and we shared our life stories and then never saw each other again. I'm always going to hold on to those nights because those are the moments that truly prove to me that I am alive. So after this chorus the beat drops and there's this awesome dance break that is fitting for the energy that the song is giving and then we get to the second verse which is equally fitting. So this clearly ESFP father goes on to give his son some advice. When thunderclouds start pouring down, light a fire they can't put out, carve your name into those shining stars. He said, go venture far beyond the shores, don't forsake this life of yours, I'll guide you home no matter where you are. This verse is so great for so many reasons. The combination of the imagery and the beat behind the verse super encapsulates the invincibility that Essie feels when it is thriving amidst sensory chaos. <laughs> Hedonism. <laughs> 
The amount of times I've been in a field or on a cliff or on a lonely road somewhere in the middle of the city and rain starts pouring and rather than get me down, it legitimately sort of just breathes new life into me. One of my favorite feelings is dancing in the rain. That's got to be amongst the top five most energizing activities for me. Actually, another one of my favorite nights comes to mind now that I'm talking about dancing in the rain. One night I was at a dance class with my friends and there was this epic storm in the city where we had our class and we were finishing up the class and we needed to make the bus. But very quickly we realized that getting wet was inevitable. So we just threw caution to the wind and basically ended up making the city roads our playground. There were giant puddles everywhere and the city streets had basically just become gushing rivers. Honestly, it was some of the best fun that I've ever had to this day. Oh, another night just came to mind. It was much the same, but it was with snow in Korea and we just had a snowball fight on the streets and it was amazing. Anyway, I absolutely know that feeling of thunderclouds lighting a fire in me that they can't put out. I also love the lyric that immediately follows, carve your name into the shining stars. Again, this may feel like an exaggeration, but this is literally what it feels like on those nights. It feels like there is no limit to what you can do and it is an incredible feeling. The artists who collaborated on this song all agreed that this song is just about living life and having fun. The video clip even reflects this by featuring professional quote-unquote life liver Rory Kramer, who is probably an SE user. Avicii himself said that the music video is an exact reflection of how he feels on stage every time he performed the song. Okay, at this point I've spoken for a long time about this song, but I'm sure you can see why I couldn't choose anything else. My fellow ESFPs would love to know if you relate to this song as much as I do, so please drop me an Instagram message if you would like. Honourable mentions for the ESFP song were Sweet Disposition by Temper Trap and Where No One Goes by John Powell and John Z, and that one's from How to Train Your Dragon 2. Moving on to our final four types, and we are about to get real F.E. Firstly, we have the ESFJ, and I chose Sovereign Light Cafe by Keen. Yes, that's another Keen song. I don't want to hear about it. Now, until last week, the song that I'd chosen for the ESFJ was Penny Lane by The Beatles, but I just didn't like how little nuance there was to that choice for the ESFJs. I mean, it's a really good song, but it's basically just Paul McCartney describing the local community and essentially passing judgments on them a little bit. And in many ways it actually does fit the ESFJ personality, but I kind of wanted to challenge myself with bringing a bit more depth to the ESFJ type, even though removing Penny Lane officially meant that there would be no Beatles songs on the playlist. This song is from the perspective of someone who is reminiscing about the time they spent growing up in their hometown. This song makes constant reference to the people of the community where they grew up, the shared activities that they used to do together, and the sense of comfort that they felt amongst it. The song is called Sovereign Light Cafe because that is the name of the community hub where people used to get together and share experiences and just show some good old wholesome community love to one another. By the way, this cafe is actually a real cafe that exists in Bexhill-on-Sea in England, and the film clip is also filmed there. Google pics, it's super wholesome. So not only are the lyrics apt for the F.E. sense of a valued communal experience and the S.I. tone of sentimentality, but the vibe of the song is very warm and optimistic. The musical composition in this song is also clever because the piano riffs, are they called riffs? Actually sound like twinkling stars, which just brings a super homey vibe to the song. So to get more specific, the singer sings of exact street names and landmarks such as Powder Mill Lane, East Parade, Palace Arcade, North Trade Road and Marley Lane, which I thought was a good representation of how SI stores sense data according to those tangible reference points 
Those street names are obviously associated with comfort for the singer. The Effie is really clear in the continued sense of community rather than individuality. So lyrics that express this are things like, I'm going back to a time when we owned this town. Don't turn your back on me, don't walk away. The repetition of let's go down throughout the song. Oh, why did we ever go so far from home? And my favorite lyric as a perfect representative of the FESI collaboration, the final line, which is, I'm going where the people know my name. So overall, this continued sense of missing the community he used to have and wanting to return there because it brings him comfort and joy in his heart is a pretty good example of the ESFJ dominant cognitive functions of FESI. I just love the story behind Sovereign Light Cafe because it's a true story in that the band, which was then a trio at the time, used to walk around those exact roads that they sing about and have tea at the Sovereign Light Cafe in Bexhill where they would talk about their dreams together and the things that they were going to do with their life and it's just wholesome. Honourable mentions for the ESFJ song were Penny Lane by the Beatles, as I said, Summer Rain by Belinda Carlisle and any Taylor Swift song. Next, ISFJ. The song that I chose is The Grey by Anel Stahl. Firstly, I think this is a really beautiful song that just has such a good message and it's just really relatable. So now that that's out of the way, I chose this song because I think it accurately displays the particular ISFJ brand of, I guess, I call it perfectionism, but there's probably a better word. Me trying to cover my bases there, just in case ISFJs come at me. So it's about a girl who is wrestling with the fact that certain things in her life have changed. And so she's in this uncharted territory and it's making her super uneasy. So really, any SJ should be able to relate to this. Jokes for stereotyping, obviously, generalizations here, etc. The vibe is super charming and chirpy and just really pleasing to listen to. In terms of the lyrics, they start with, Excuse me, God, I know we've been talking a lot, and I'm sorry, I've got questions about the change in my life. So our singer is already talking to a higher power or someone external to herself in order to sort of sort out her feelings and to make sense of things. I mean, obviously, as a Christian, I think leaning on God in this way is a great thing, whether you're an FE or an FI user or TI or TE or whoever you are. But I think for our purposes today, it really accentuates this FE tendency to consult someone external to themselves before deciding how they feel personally. She then goes on to question, I know I'm learning, but is this a mistake? Which is that real J sense of being outcome focused rather than process focused, as I mentioned before with pressure for the ESTJ song. I know for myself personally, as a P type, the journey in and of itself is the exciting part. And if I'm learning, that's generally enough for me. And I trust that things will work out even if there is a mistake involved. Please see the ESFP song segment of this podcast episode for confirmation. This idea is also clear when she sings, my tunnel vision reached a door. The fear of opening that unknown door is something that I cannot personally relate to as an EP. I'm generally kicking doors down everywhere I go. But our singer exhibits clear discomfort at this element of the unknown. She then goes on to sing in the chorus. Guess by fire we're forged and I'm just used to dancing on a black and white floor. Guess I'll ride this wave, the misery, the mystery of day by day. Well, here's to the grey. She's literally written a song about learning that life isn't black and white and how she needs to embrace the grey or the nuance of the potential possibilities and implications. Again, as an SP, which means that SI does not exist for me, I feel like I've only ever encountered shades of grey in my life and have yet to find a black or white. Also, personally speaking, my life feels like a constant state of riding this wave, the mystery of day by day that she's singing about. I love that my only way of explaining the SI here is by comparing it to my use of SE. <laughs> but look, we can absolutely appreciate how this singer is raising her glass to the grey. Here's to the grey. Another reason I liked this song was because I felt it showed not only the ISFJ perfectionism, but the ISFJ perseverance. 
Yes, they are used to having things a certain way, but they generally speaking are also completely willing to embrace new ways and can be some of the most open-minded people ever because they're wanting to move with the world around them. Obviously, everyone can be open-minded and get out of their habits or mentalities that they're stuck in, but I think SJs do cop that stereotype of being less open or malleable, and so I really like that this song brings that nuance to the ISFJ type. One of the lyrics I like in the second verse is, Me and the girl in my reflection might be a match. I love that this is a nod to the tertiary introverted judging function, which in the ISFJ's case is TI, which is associated with this own individual sense of self as opposed to self attached to the tribe. So this woman is growing and we love it. The second half of the second verse goes, my fears turn to flowers and though my thoughts grow sour about what I don't know and what I can't change, I'm starting to see it more. Life isn't a checkered floor and I don't have to stay the same. I love this so much. Again, I feel it really shows that ISFJ optimism, resilience and determination to transcend the limitations of their functions, if you will. Overall, as I said, I think this is a really beautiful song and one that I hope ISFJs won't come at me for. Not that ISFJs ever come at me. The honourable mention for the ISFJ song was Red by Taylor Swift, our SFJ queen. Next we have ENFJ. The song that I chose is Better Together by Jack Johnson. Another wholesome song, as all of our FE songs are so far. This song is basically about someone who is a bit of a free spirit and after being plagued by certain existential soul-wrenching questions, he's come to the conclusion that the meaning of life is to ultimately be with the people he loves. So the first verse makes this clear immediately. It goes, Love is the answer, at least for most of the questions in my heart. Like, why are we here? And where do we go? And how come it's so hard? It's not always easy, and sometimes life can be deceiving. I'll tell you one thing, it's always better when we're together. The refrain of the song is, it's always better when we're together, which I think perfectly sums up dominant FE in that even though, of course, FE doms also enjoy their alone time, it is ultimately only to recharge so that they can put that energy back out there onto others or into others. There are also a lot of cute NI metaphors used in the song, such as our dreams, and they are made out of real things, like a shoebox of photographs with sapia, 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 sepia, sapia toned loving. And all of these moments just might find their way into my dreams tonight, but I know that they'll be gone when the morning light sings and brings new things. A clear difference between this and our ESFJ song is that Whereas Sovereign Light Cafe was heavily past memory focused, this song is either present or future focused, which is a clear S-I-N-I -I difference there. I found that the tertiary S-E was also really clear in how ultimately, even though this singer is clearly consumed by abstract thoughts of why and how, he ultimately grounds his ideas by deciding to focus his energy on the here and the now. For instance, in the second verse, he sings about having too many things he has to do. But by the end of the verse, He's chosen to bring his focus out of his mind and into the present reality so that he can just sit beneath the mango tree with the person he loves. I also love how the song ends in that he is still clearly bothered by the fact that he doesn't understand his dreams and the greater meaning behind everything, but he still concludes that ultimately life is better when we're together. So he sings right at the end, but there is not enough time and there is no song I could sing and there is no combination of words I could say but I will still tell you one thing, we're better together. So overall, a really adequate picture of how FE and NI work together there. I love that it has metaphors, it has optimism, it brings in SE, and it even has that sense of blurred individual identity that could be associated with inferior TI. 
Jack Johnson has actually commented that many people use this song for weddings and christenings. So the fact that it's played during moments of bringing people together is also pretty perfect for the ENFJ personality type. Honorable mentions for the ENFJ song were Hi by Lighthouse Family and Hey Brother by Avicii. And finally, we have INFJ. No, INFJs do not take this to mean anything. The fact that you are last on the list. Just kidding, you don't read into everything. The song that I chose for INFJ is If You Could Read My Mind by Henry Jamison. Now this song is a really great cover of a song that was originally sung by Gordon Lightfoot and has been covered by so many people since. You've probably heard it, it's a really good one. The song is basically all abstract metaphors that could be interpreted in several different ways. I found that the main refrain and title of the song, If You Could Read My Mind, was a good example of the rich intuitive patterns that are so nuanced within the mind of the INFJ that they would likely have trouble expressing them adequately to anyone. And the singer spends the duration of the song trying to express them in metaphors, but ultimately accepts that he can never accurately articulate his thoughts and feelings. So some of the examples of these metaphors are just like an old time movie about a ghost from a wishing well in a castle dark or a fortress strong with chains upon my feet. You know that ghost is me and I will never be set free as long as I'm a ghost that you can't see. In these lines, there's also, and I'm not sure how memed this is, but the INFJ tendency to feel misunderstood and unseen for who they truly are, as if they are a ghost to the other person. Am I reading that correctly? Another metaphor is, just like a paperback novel, the kind the drugstores sell. When you reach the part where the heartache comes, the hero would be me, but heroes often fail. And you won't read that book again because the ending's just too hard to take. These lines are far too hard to interpret without more context, so I'll just leave it at, look, metaphors, therefore INFJ. In the third verse, there's almost this fantasy that he entertains about what could have been, but he has to ultimately accept that it's not realistic, which, hey, for an INFJ, growth. I'm kidding, I'm gonna stop picking on INFJs. Am I though? I thought that this is a good example of a glimpse of inferior SE coming out, which can sometimes be overtrodden by all those beautiful abstract realities that dominant NI forms. Another thing I noticed is that the singer is also clearly trying hard to understand the other person in the relationship, but cannot help but feel that they lack the same emotional depth and understanding. The frustration of this is particularly clear towards the end of the song where he sings, and if you read between the lines, you'll know that I'm just trying to understand the feelings that you lack. I think given that NI is a subjective function based on personalized patterns, it'd be fair to say that INFJs can take it really personally or not understand when others don't see their vision, or maybe not don't see it, but more so invalidate it, which is perhaps why they often feel misunderstood. This is not to say that this is how all INFJs operate in the same way that in this episode, I'm not trying to say that all INTPs are nihilists and all ESFPs are hedonists. But I think overall this does hit on some truths about the INFJ's NI mind, which in itself is brilliant and colourful with all of these patterns that they probably annoyingly can't bring out into the real world. Now for context, this song is actually about a man's divorce and the tragedy of pride getting in the way of any chance of fixing a relationship where two individuals do actually love each other. Gordon Lightfoot confirmed that this song is in fact about the failure of a marriage. And I'm only telling you this now at the end because I didn't want it to get in the way of your perception of the song. I wanted to impose my perceptions on you instead. I mean, I think it's safe to say that the original lyricist was probably an N, am I right? I chose the Henry Jamison version because I really like it, and I think the combination of the soothing tone of his voice and the lethargic beat really creates this melancholic feeling. Not quite the same as a melancholic wind, but still good. 
Honorable mentions for the INFJ song were Waiting for My Real Life to Begin by Colin Hay and Beneath the Mask from the Persona 5 soundtrack. And that brings us to the end of the episode, guys. Wow, long episode. My voice is ready to sleep. This project was so much fun. It was huge. Like, it took me forever, and I wrote 26 pages of notes. But I gotta say, I enjoyed the heck out of it. So if you really liked this content, I'm more than happy to make more of this kind of stuff, as I did really enjoy it, even though it was time-consuming. But please let me know by direct message on Instagram or something because I have no way of knowing whether you actually liked this because there's not the same sort of comment and like system on the uh, podcast platforms as there is on YouTube. More than happy to do future deep dives into MBTI types in the future. If you want to leave your comments and your own list of songs that you feel describe each of the types, head on over to my YouTube channel and check out the video called 16 Personalities as 16 Songs and leave your list in the comment section there. If you like this episode in general, please consider following the podcast. And if you're on a podcast platform that allows ratings and you enjoyed this episode, I'd really appreciate it if you could leave a rating. Just a reminder, don't forget to check out Restless Mosaic's book, Music by the Innards. I have put links to where you can buy it in the show notes of this episode. If you're interested in checking out more MBTI content, please head over to my YouTube channel, Dear Kristen, or my Instagram page, Dear.Kristen. That's K-R-I-S-T-I-N. If you'd like to see some of my favorite comments from YouTube and if you're keen to participate in my type trend polls, I am currently analyzing the results of our last type trend poll, which was what is your profession slash field of study? And those results will be coming out real soon. So until next time, guys, thank you so much for listening. Extra props to you if you made it the whole way through and have a wonderful day. Bye. Bye.